0: Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you today. I want to get right into our topic. We are talking about modesty on the podcast and this is a follow-up to a solo effort from Mike last week. Um, I actually haven't listened to that, Mike, but I know there's been some good feedback that's come in. So we're going for a part two, diving back into the subject of modesty and we want to start things off in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 uh, with verse 9. And verse 10. So, Mike, would you read at least verse 9 for us? And maybe we can start by kind of breaking down some of the ideas in this verse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, 1 Timothy 2 and verse 9. Likewise, also, women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire. And then verse 10. But with what is proper for women who profess godliness, with good works. So obviously, this is addressed to women. And right before this, in verse 8, uh, Paul is saying that men in every place should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, the women should adorn themselves. And so this is directly addressed to women, but our topic is addressed to men and women. But I want to break this verse down. He first says, adorn yourself, literally order yourself or arrange yourself. The idea of trimming <laughs> is in there, a proper clothing, a respectable attire. So apparel. And, you know, this could be understanding in a wider sense, actually, in terms of demeanor and uh, your actions, your deportment, if that's an old, an old school word, but deportment, like the way you present yourself in public. Okay. So the idea is that you would do it with modesty and, the idea is that means well arranged or well ordered, um, but it also has as its root this idea of so proper, well ordered uh, modesty, shame. It's shame shamefastedness. We don't use that word, but there's a sense of shame in a good way. This is good shame. In, in a culture of no shame, this is like when someone says, you know, have you no shame? And the idea is really it's about a woman having reserve in the matters of sex, around sexual things. Uh, it involves an, an innate moral repugnance to do anything dishonorable. Like you don't want to do anything wrong. So it's shamefastedness. It, it It shrinks from, you know, transgressing or trespassing. It, it, it shrinks from, from uh, going beyond the limits of what a godly woman should have in regard to reserve and modesty. And the idea there is that you don't want to dishonor uh, Christ, and you don't want to dishonor your own reputation. So, and then sobriety—it's with self-control. It's just the idea of self-mastery in your physical appetites. And now it's applied to women, and it has a—it does have a definitively, uh, definitely sexual nuance. And it's the idea of inner self-government. Where there's a constant rain on the passions and desires uh, that are in your heart, and as Jesus said, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Uh, and I will just say that you clothe yourself and you present yourself really from the heart. Okay, and and again, uh, we're this is a podcast for men and women, and uh, we want to, but we want to start with this verse because this is one of the verses in the Bible that really touches on this idea of modesty okay where there's a there's a shame that is good shamefastedness, okay there is a sense of good shame where I do not want to transgress and what goes along with that is I don't want to cause anyone to stumble I don't want to cause any kind of unrest in someone's heart or mind and I think there's a lot today where people will say you know it's your fault because you had those thoughts. It's your fault because this or that. And it's like, what about all the verses in the Bible that talk about don't cause a brother to stumble? Don't put a stumbling block in their way. Everyone's responsible for their own sin. But there's an enticement to sin. There is even a, um, um, a seductiveness at times that you want to avoid. And so, um, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to it, but that's the, that's the verse. There's the verse that we're going to be looking at. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's helpful um there's a lot of directions that we could go with this can i ask i I have a few questions that i might ask just kind of rapid fire here if that's okay Mm -hmm. um here's a first question do you think that we can learn anything from the fact that not exclusively but predominantly as the bible addresses sin of a sexual nature with men and women the warnings against men are pursuing women that are not theirs and going after you know sexual gratification in an area that they shouldn't be outside of marriage and the warnings towards women often express something to the effect of, don't, you know, um, act, dress, speak in a way that's inviting attention from somebody that you shouldn't be inviting attention from. Mm -hmm. Is there anything to to learn from that in in the sense of how God has designed men and women?
1: Well, surely there is. Um, What kind of things could I bring out on this one? Well, I mean, first of all, men have a tendency to seek what is not theirs and what is not pure. I mean, uh, you know, Job says, i made a covenant with my eyes. How can I then gaze upon a virgin? How can I keep looking and keep looking? And of course, the idea of uh, either lustful thoughts or uh, impure impure motives or, or desires. So the, the idea of men being visual and the idea of us looking after things, but then you, you know that. People know that, so you have to be careful. That's why Job said, I, I made a covenant with, with my eyes, a promise, a uh, promise deeper than a promise and with the women you know the idea of don't bring this undue attention to yourself it doesn't mean well you know men are just horrible leches and wretches and women are are pure as the driven snow the idea is that everyone all the image bearers are fallen Mm -hmm. okay and and for a christian we're talking this is in a christian context right the issue is in our hearts and in our homes and the household of god and, and to the ends of the earth but you, you know, we you want to have attitudes and actions that seek the praise of God, not the attention of mankind. And so you want to have a, an identity rooted in Christ as a fallen image bearer, not tossed to and fro by every wind and wave of doctrine or with the world flesh and the devil teaches or expects. And so but it really comes to this, I think uh, I've heard someone say this recently, orthodoxy before orthopraxy. You need correct belief before correct action. So. You know, I I like I I don't personally like to go with the stereotypes of men and women. but I think there's some things that are that are true about men and women because we are distinct and God has given us different roles and different makeup. Uh, Sometimes, though, the. uh, The characterizations can be like, oh, men are all this way, women are all this way. And so, you know, just just act different. I think you need to believe different. I think you need to know the truth, be set free by the truth, live the truth please God, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's helpful. Maybe that, maybe that wasn't the most helpful direction to go. But Maybe if I could take a step back. Um, both of us took a stab at kind of trying to define um, biblical modesty, and maybe that would just be a helpful thing to put on the table. Um, do you want to kind of offer how you, how you would define this, is what the Bible says about modesty?
1: I think it's probably good that we do that since this episode is called <laughs> it, Modesty yeah. Defined. <laughs> yeah, we
0: should, we should probably do <laughs> this that. It's
1: called Modesty Defined. Okay, so my definition is this, and it's just brief, and it's kind of, It's a broad brush in a way, but it's attitudes and actions that seek the praise of God, not attention from man. It's really helpful. Yeah, attitudes and actions seeking the praise of God, not attention from man.
0: Yeah. Do you want to, would you expand on those last two ideas? Praise of God, not seeking attention of man, Mm -hmm. just how that factors into modesty.
1: Sure. You know, I think it's linked to humility, not pride. I think that, you know, as we equip, Believers, even as we're equipped by the Holy Spirit, as, as the word has its effect upon our life, I think that there's going to be this idea that we, we know we know ourselves in relation to God and we want to be living under God in a way that is appropriate. And uh, there's a, this, hum, this humble stance, this humility of mind, not a prideful, self-filled mind. And so, and we're confessing that and repenting of that when we do uh, you know, see that about ourselves or or sense that. But the idea of you know getting into the practice of everyday life—it's our attitude and actions. And if we're wanting to live to the glory of God, do everything in the name of Jesus, do everything to praise God—that means that we'll be pulling ourselves and and really driving ourselves in one direction, and not just saying, "Oh, you know, God." Um, I'm going to wear this, that, and the other, and say this, that, and the other, but you know, to your praise, like, I think the idea, let's just talk about the modest dress, okay? Dress in a way that is honoring God. We say that to the praise of God. So we're not going to stand out to others by dressing in a way that brings attention to us and away from God. To me, that just is just so simple. But for example, okay, uh, wearing too little clothes, okay, bringing sexual attention to yourself or wearing okay here's one wearing overly modest clothing (laughs) like Mm. outdated clothing like dressing in a big potato sack (laughs) (laughs) that is going to draw attention to yourself Mm. so you know i'm one time one of my daughters and i this is a total side here but one of my daughters and i were at a boba place we were sitting there on a patio and a lady walks up she's going into the place and she comes walks back out and she's got a rat in her shirt Mm out of the top of her shirt as one does and we we uh, she had a boba in her hand and a rat in her shirt and, <laughs> and we were just like <laughs> and the thing is it's like those guys who wear parrots you ever seen a guy wearing a parrot I have it's like this is all about watch look at me look at me okay it's the person who carries a snake around in a bag yep okay uh, and that those are the egregious examples but I mean you go out in public with that with a parrot right. or a rat in your shirt or a snake in your hand in a bag you're saying please look at me when you, when you wear bright red hair and your hair is usually blonde. I mean, when you cover yourself in tattoos to the nth degree or when you just strut around and, and, and kind of have a swagger, it's like, or, or you, you have to be the person that always says the funny thing, mm, you know? Right. So, I, I mean, I know I just threw out, a sprayed a whole bunch of ideas out there, but like, okay, here's the thing. Th- this is the idea that um, it's not just about You can wear whatever you want and do whatever you want and say whatever you want as long as you're quote unquote not trying to draw attention to yourself. Right, right. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Are you dressing in a way that's not going to distract others? Right. Are you trying to draw attention to yourself? Those are really simple questions to answer.
0: Yep. Yeah, I... um. There's just different directions to go. I, I agree with what you're saying a lot, Mike. And I think that, um, you know, I bet a lot of us would be helped by, and this is, this shoots absolutely to both guys and girls, you know, as you're not just, you know, getting ready in the morning, but when you're shopping for clothes, but also when you're getting ready in the, ready in the morning, just asking the question, am I putting this shirt on? Am I putting this outfit on to the glory of God? You know, is this a choice that I'm making to try to be, uh, you know, reverent, try to try to be respectful. The word for self-control in our sec in our First Timothy passage, it has the wisdom idea bound up in it. So, is this is this a wise way to go forward with my day today? Um, to just ask that question, you know, and to be really brutally honest about it would probably help a lot of us. Um, hard, hard, uh, you know, hard question to be honest about, though. Very easy to justify and to make excuses for why. Oh no, it's really not so bad. Everybody's doing this, so. One thing we um, we're just talking about, Mike, is that sometimes the, the choice to be modest is a very bold choice mm-hmm. because even the Christian culture at times might push in in ways that are honestly unhelpful. And we you know we recognize this at, at points, even just on the plaza, you know, at our church, for example. And to make the choice to say, "No, I'm I'm actually going to dress in a way that I think is uh, truly honoring to Christ, not seeking attention outside of the the right you know places that God has designed for that attention to come." Um, That's a bold choice, you know, that really Mm -hmm. will at times set you out, even possibly from the Christian community. Um, But uh, this is 1 Peter 3, verse 4. Let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. So there's good attention coming from the Lord when we make those kind of choices, Mm -hmm. even if they're challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mike, any kind of closing thoughts from you as we bring this one towards an ending?
1: I've got a couple things rattling around in my mind Hmm. Let me say two things. Uh, I really liked what you just said, and uh, I guess one is this: Let's just say I'm going to talk straight to the heart of, of those that are listening, and maybe, um, maybe there's somebody who is looking at what other people are wearing and constantly kind of feeling, "Why are they doing this?" You're thinking, you're judging them, you're 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 struggling. You don't want to judge, but you're struggling because you're like, "Why do they keep doing this?" And I've tried to say something, and they 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 just laugh at me or they. Let's say I've said something to someone about modesty. They don't like my standard. They say I'm wrong. And then they get their friends or their parents to tell me I'm wrong. You know, that kind of stuff, which has happened. It happens all the time. Okay. We have a tendency to either self-condemn or self-congratulate. And it could be that if you're looking at others and saying, well, why are they doing that? You might truly be grieved in your heart. And you know, God knows your heart. But you might also be self-congratulating. Like, you know, I'm not like that. Like the publican. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like that person. I have to be really careful about that. Let's say there's a person who has fallen hard in this kind of thing. The other end of the spectrum where you've worn clothes and you knew you were trying to entice guys or, or uh, you know, get girls, however it is or you're saying things or you're looking or you're having that flirtatious Mm -hmm. kind of idea Mm -hmm. in your mind and in your heart and it's coming out and everyone knows you as a flirt or as a seductress or what have you. You could be tempted to really condemn yourself if right now you're feeling like, man, I've blown it. Yeah. Okay. And to you, I would say, if that's you today, I'd say there is forgiveness in Christ. Confess your sins to him. The blood of Christ does avail, does, is effective um, and I think again, it takes us back to you want to be humble in your heart, not proud, and the idea that if you're, if if you go by this definition, if you, if you accept my definition, that's attitudes and actions, seeking the praise of God, not attention from man, that you would have a shamefastedness. Maybe that becomes part of your vocabulary. That you would you would seriously say, say, I do have shame. That I would not want to bring shame to the name of Christ, which I profess. Right. and that that you you wouldn't go to the opposite poles of self-condemnation or self-congratulation but that you would you would seek to always stay in a humble posture and a humble uh, heart towards god
0: yeah i just to, to add on to that idea i was just thinking as we've been talking the fact that this is such a struggle for so many people almost to the point of being like like ubiquitous it just reveals to us exactly what you're talking about just our desperate need for the cross Mm -hmm. um you know even in this conversation the the foremost heart response should not be oh my goodness i recognize i've been doing things wrong let me go and clean up my life but wow the fact that this is such a struggle for me you know to put on clothes that aren't going to be bringing attention to myself it actually reveals to me something about my heart which is that I'm so desperate for attention, you know, and this is guys and girls, whatever, whatever a guy is doing to draw attention to himself as well. But this points out something deep inside of me that I'm desperate for attention. It points out how much I lack contentment in God. And so it just drives me to the cross to say, oh my goodness, Lord, I, I, it it would be the easiest thing in the world to just be a modest person or not for my sin. Mm -hmm. And I just, I long for that attention. So Lord, forgive me, please, you know, uh, have mercy on me. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think that's helpful for all of us to think about. Yeah.
1: Awesome. A, and a couple more thoughts uh, on modesty. You know, the biblical basis, the goal of our lives, you know, appeal to you brothers, Romans 12, 1, by the mercies of God. You know, all the mercies of God in Christ seen in Romans 1 to 11, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. you are not your own, but were bought with a price glorify god in your body colossians 1:10. walk in a manner worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god and and the goal of our clothes you know first peter 3 uh, do not let your adorning be external let the adorning be the hidden person of the heart uh, this idea of um, not honoring yourself but honoring the lord and helping weaker brothers and sisters you know uh romans 14 let us not pass judgment on one another but rather decide here it is never to put a stumbling block scandal on or hindrance in in the way of a brother Mm. so i think uh, if you truly want to honor the lord and seek wisdom from him you'll be honest with yourself you'll you'll listen to what the spirit says in the word and out of that will flow thoughtfulness and selflessness and intentionality in how you clothe yourselves and you know, uh, we think sometimes I think that we think the standard of truth is whatever we we say it is. But if you truly want to honor the Lord, just be honest and and know um, you should be willing to sacrifice looks and preferences and comfort if you're going to deny yourself mm-hmm. and follow Jesus. And we I think we've gotten desensitized to many of these things in our in our lives, in our in this culture. Um, let me say this too: uh, self-control sticks out in First Timothy 2.9. People make excuses, all right? They put comfortability and convenience above the responsibility of a daughter or son in Christ to be modest. Uh, Christians need to use discernment. I, I'm on a rant here, but I'm going to keep rolling. Uh, discerning the Word of God, which is clear, but also discerning your own heart, uh, where you're being selfish or unwilling, um, maybe to give up your yoga pants on a Sunday night youth group because you you, you can care uh, more about your own comfort and convenience and appearance than the hearts and minds of fellow believers. There's, there's an example for you. Um, uh, most of us know what's appropriate and what's not, okay? Uh, sometimes we quench our convictions because something has become widely accepted in culture, and then it infiltrates the church. And I think we need to stop basing our standards on what is accepted in the church and the culture, bring it back to what does the word of God say and stay within those bounds, Um And just a couple other things is the modesty thing. It's the posture of your heart. It really is. It's shown through the way you carry yourself, which includes what you wear. Uh, The ultimate purpose. What is it? A life that proclaims how excellent and good and trustworthy and satisfying Mm -hmm. Jesus is. Amen. Okay. Not how great or attractive we are. Not how it's how great and attractive God is. Um, and, And again, scripture and conscience tells you how to dress.
0: It's good. I, I have nothing to add. Are we, are we ready to wrap? Yeah. All right. We're ready to wrap. Listeners, thanks uh, for listening. Hope that was helpful to you. We love you. And we pray for you. Uh, pray that you would take some of these things to heart and uh, that the Lord would use it to help you and bless you. Uh, until next time, God bless you. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the podcast.